and welcome back to the Marvel Movie Minute, a daily podcast in which we dig in deep to analyze the films of the Marvel Cinematic Universe one minute at a time. I'm Andy Nelson from thenextreel.com. And I'm Pete Wright, also from The Next Reel. We are at the beginning of the MCU train, looking at John Favreau's 2008 film, Iron Man. And back with us again, we have Eric Deutsch from the Escape from New York Minute. Hey, Eric. Hello. Thank you. Thank you. Glad to be here once again in a... a uh, a very dialogue-heavy uh, week, but um, also glad that it's not the credits week. So. <laughs> <laughs> yes. Uh, yes, and it is a very villainous week also. Lots of uh, villainy yes. happening. It's a lot of fun. Uh, we are looking at Iron Man in Minute 99 on today's show. The minute starts with Obadiah and Tony staring intently into the heart of the RT device. Not quite the heart of the ocean, but uh, <laughs> it feels that way. Make room with, on the door, Tony. Make room on the door. <laughs> And it ends with Pepper telling Rhodey that Tony's not answering his phone. Oh, dear. Yeah, we, uh, we, we're we finishing up this scene here. We've got uh, Obadiah. He and Tony are just uh, both staring at this beautifully glowing RT device that uh, lights them so well. And uh, we get this moment here where we find out that, uh, that Pepper's in trouble, too. Still very sinister. Very, very sinister. We don't actually see his chest smoking, which I guess is good. <laughs> and we don't really see that the it's it's hard to tell that the shirt is singed. I, I guess it's kind of it almost looks like the art department just took a marker and just kind of colored the edges of it. It doesn't look like yeah, <laughs> it was just a little bit of brown. They're like, oh crap! It was supposed to have burned through the shirt. Quick, bring a marker. <laughs> yeah, the shirt's already pretty dirty too. He's been working. He's been yeah, doing he's, a lot of work working in the basement. Hard. This is a busy week for him. <laughs> Um, we don't have we already uh, let's see I, I don't think we still have the ring which we now think because of canon that that ring is one of the stolen ten rings covered that at settled science from last week that Obadiah is wearing <laughs> I'm sure someone will disprove say. that very quickly but yes yes it won't take long <laughs> probably already done and uh, let's see we haven't looks like Obadiah is a watch lover did we pick that out what's his watch Oh, I don't know. It's uh, a little too far away to tell. But mm. based on the watch that he gave Tony in a deleted scene earlier, it is a nice one. Yeah. Let's just fancy. assume Petak Philippe, but don't don't all rich people wear that kind of watch? That's what they have <laughs> right? to be wearing. Yeah. Yes, of course. The most expensive leather band you've ever seen. Yeah, right. Um, I do love that he actually has his own little pelican case that not only conveniently has a pocket in it for his convenient extraction device, but also conveniently has a pocket for the RT device. Like, what a brilliantly uh, a, a forethought design he had with this. <laughs> I, I Originally, I thought that it looks like he's just tucking the cord underneath the, the device, right? But originally, yeah. I thought he, was, he had a place in the device to plug it in. Like, it was one of those away suitcases oh. that you can sort of <laughs> charge things. I thought that was uh, amusing. Well, maybe Tony's looking at that going, oh, that's a good idea. Briefcase. Briefcase. <laughs> so, oh, oh, great idea. I wonder if he'll ever make use of that. All right. Right. <laughs> we do get more of Robert Downey Jr.'s great uh, uh, eye movement and nostril flaring as uh, as Obadiah tells him basically that he's going to have to go kill, kill Pepper. And uh, we get that. It just it's it's very subtle acting. You, you mentioned this the other day, but these two guys, uh, Eric, they uh, they really do great performances here with uh, with not a lot. I mean, Obadiah is getting a little big here. He's kind of turning into full on villain mode, but. 
RDJ does a lot of great acting as a paralyzed person. Yeah, I, I mean, he's he really, you know, he's acting with his eyes, essentially, for the last two and a half minutes or so. He's really doing a great job. I, I, that, that cannot be easy. No, definitely not. I feel like he studied the diving bell and the butterfly a little bit. You know, this is like reverse <laughs> perspective of locked in syndrome. I think that's what the little thing does. <laughs> that's a great, a great poll. I'm sure. I'm sure he did. <laughs> When did that movie come out? Would he have would he have studied him or would uh, they have studied uh, Robert Downey Jr.? <laughs> That's a good question. 2007. So, yeah, Matthew Almarik. Mm-hmm. Uh, I'd like to think that uh, that that Robert Downey Jr. was looking at his performance. Got to be a credit in there. Very, very fine print, but got to be a credit. I feel like that was about the most insidery joke we could have ever made. Like, I don't know where the crossover is of deep Marvel uh, <laughs> fans and Matthew Almarie's role in uh, Diving Bell and the Butterfly, but this one's for you, people. This have you seen that you. one, Eric? I have no idea what you guys are talking about right now. <laughs> Eric, thank you uh, again. Proving your point, Pete. <laughs> <laughs> A Venn diagram with two circles completely not touching each other. Right, not touching each other at all. Uh, it's a brilliant movie, and uh, everybody should check it out. We, we get the end of the wonderful monologuing, and uh, and Obadiah just kind of closes his little case and just kind of casually strolls out. Nicely lit. I, I will say that uh, Maddie Libatique shot this really nicely, where uh, where Obadiah really just walks into the darkness and disappears. Uh, it's like, yep, yeah, I'm bad now. Check me out. <laughs> well, and he twists the knife as he leaves, right? He's First he tells him, I'm going to use it for weapons, which, you know, Tony had decided he's getting out of the weapons game. So it's like, not only am I killing you now, am I stealing your greatest invention, but before you die, I'm letting you know, I'm not using this for good. I'm using it for weapons, which you don't want. Oh, and also I'll be killing Pepper as well. So he's just, you know, he's, make, he's, he's kicking him over and over again while he's got him down. Oh, he's just terrible. He's terrible. He really is. And, and you know, to continue our conversation from yesterday, these lines, this will put the balance of power back in our hands. I mean, you know, come on. Uh, <laughs> it really leaning into the cartoon villain. And I again, I love it uh, on one level, and it's deeply entertaining. And when I'm watching it not one minute at a time, it's really easy to get to get sucked into the moment. But this is, uh, again, uh, it's blunt force trauma to those who are bothered by such things in the last act of this movie. It is the the superhero level of villainy that people do complain about. Yeah. When when they when people who have issues with superhero films, this is often what the problem is when you have such obvious, uh, you know, black and white villains. And uh, I mean, he's he's living up to it. Uh, You know, he's full on villain now. Yeah, this is the line, actually, that I've been alluding to the last uh, couple of episodes where, you know, with the whole I know what's right for the world and I'm going to I'm going to I know what I'm doing. I'm the one who who is going to make sure the world is right. This, you know, put the balance of power in our hands, the right hands. You know, he's saying, I know what's right for the world. No one else does. I'm doing this. Everyone's going to either, you know, work with me or get out of my way. And uh, and we do get and this, I think, also this next line that he says after that, I think, ties in with the reason maybe why that other scene we saw earlier in the week, uh, why it was deleted, because now we've get this line here. I wish you could see my prototype. It's not as uh, not as conservative as yours. It's just a nice hint that, you know, we would have seen it already if if that wasn't here. So I feel like that is part of the reason that they chose to kind of not have that scene in here. Yeah, I agree. Yeah. 
I, I love the closing frame right after Obadiah leaves and the camera pushes focus back into Tony in the in the back of the frame. And I, I think that's uh, it, it's just a nice and super haunting, you know, leaving Tony sheet gray, uh, you know, alone in that giant room is uh, it, it's just really beautifully architected. Uh, yeah, framing. it is nice uh, to yeah. rack back to that. It's a nice ending shot. Yeah. Have you guys talked about what animal skin that is in front of the fire? <laughs> I don't know if we've ever had uh, that good of a shot of it. I, I Maybe when when they're sharing pizza uh, or they're having the conversation around the pizza with Obadiah, but I, I don't recall us talking about that. I don't know. What do you think it is? Uh, it looks like a cow. I mean, it's just it's it's white with some brown. I'm trying to think of what animal would beat that. You guys, it's color. an ibex. Wow. Yeah, it's an ibex skin rug. Are you? What are you pulling that from? That's amazingly specific. I just looked up. It is very specific. I just I don't know why I had to search for ibex skin rugs just now, but there is a Google image that is exactly practically that that skin. Wow, and that okay. seems super Tony. Yes, it does. And uh, Christie's has one on auction in uh, South Kensington. Uh, that is early 20th century for uh, 800 uh, pounds, if you want. Wow. Oh, well, that's cheap, right? <laughs> Considering the price Tony pays for things. <laughs> right. <laughs> oh, well, there it is. Ibex skin rug. You can actually get them, and I'm not kidding here, you can get them with the horns still on. Oh, and the horns geez. look actually like Loki's helmet. They're not small. Like yeah, they would I, I be, horns are big. Oh, right? sure, yeah. yeah. They're a <laughs> massive uh, impedance to the uh, feng shui of the room. I'm not sure how <laughs> one would, would Marie Kondo that action, but uh, uh, it's, uh, it's tough. Yeah, it doesn't seem like it's designed to walk when you have the horns on the floor. <laughs> <laughs> no. <laughs> no, it's not. It's a real OSHA hazard. <laughs> so weird. <laughs> oh, man. All right. Well, anything else for this? Well, this has been a great diversion. <laughs> All right. So, yeah. Sorry, I derailed the, the, the show there. <laughs> no, it's, it's fine. It's fine. So we go from we go from this room to the streets of L.A. We we uh, find uh, Rhodey driving around and uh, Pepper calls him and says that she cannot get a hold of Tony. This is a uh, it's a it, we get a, an overhead shot, uh, kind of a helicopter shot of L.A., and I, you know, for the life of me, it's, I mean, LA is a big city. There's no way I could figure out what that uh, intersection was. And I and I couldn't find anybody who had done so online. The only thing that I learned from this shot is that uh, a lot of buildings in LA, all the skyscrapers, they all have these basically emergency helicopter pads on them. And that's what all these circled numbers are that are on them. In this shot, we see a 10, a couple 10s, we see a 12. And what that actually is, which is, I think is interesting, it actually is the weight limit in thousands of pounds so that the uh, helicopters know um, which ones they are safe to land on. Huh. Wow. I never knew that. That's I, I didn't either. I thought it was like, <sighs> who's numbering these buildings? Like, it didn't make any sense to me. Exactly. But, yeah, it's actually weight. It actually helps me understand why it's so difficult to identify a building by that number. <laughs> right. <laughs> because you could spend a long time trying to do that. <laughs> Which one is number 12? <laughs> Which one's number 12 in Los Angeles? Wouldn't that be convenient if the city's just numbered all their buildings? <laughs> just, just what, <laughs> you know, what, what would they call that? Like, I, I don't know, an address or something? <laughs> Whatever. It's fine. 
we cut from that shot to a shot of Rhodey. And I just have to say, is it just me or is this one of the most obvious uh, shots of an actor in a car that is just designed to look like they're driving, but they're not actually doing anything? (laughs) It is. It It is not. It's not a great shot. It it feels like they had to rush to get this one. It's like let's just let's just get it. Okay, move a few lights around, move the camera a little bit. Great, good job, Terrence. <laughs> good job, Terrence. That's what the sequel was going to be called. And then when they changed it, he backed out. That's what happened. <laughs> well, you know, in in watching those few seconds again right now as he's talking, also he's his eyes are pretty much moving all over the place, everywhere except <laughs> where they should be pointed to. So. I mean, he's just not. That's such a. Great he's not selling the fact because I mean, he's his, the car is obviously moving. You know, the the lights and the background. So he is driving, and he's not driving like two miles an hour either. And his <laughs> eyes are not on the road at all. Yeah. He might as well just have his arms crossed behind his head. Come on. He's got great peripheral vision. That's something that we're learning about Rhodey right here. This is why he can be a pilot. That's right. <laughs> When they do these things, Andy, do you think, would you guys know, uh, they, there's no windshield in there, right? The light is added after. Is that the case? Probably. Maybe. No, I, I mean, don't know. They, they'll, they'll often do it, and then they'll just use the... Um, A polarization. Polarizing The filter. polarization, yeah. Polarization filter. I feel like right at second 53, you can actually, like, it, it, it's not a street light, and you can kind of see barn doors on the light if you freeze it. <laughs> <laughs> it's like a studio light. <laughs> Yeah, yeah. Uh, it goes Funny. by quick. You know, nobody's watching this <laughs> frame at a time. Who does this? Who who does that? <laughs> uh, yeah. So this is where we're kind of getting the sense of of uh, Pepper's panic. She's reaching out to Rhodey because because uh, she needs somebody to figure out what's happening. And again, I have to ask, what has Pepper been doing that for these past eight or nine hours, however many hours it's been? What on earth is she doing? What I mean, she was going to shield, I guess, uh, with Agent Coulson, but. I mean, are they debriefing her? I, I just don't get it. It still just doesn't make any sense to me. It It's a very long debriefing, I think. Maybe they just don't believe her for a really long time. I don't know. Uh, anything else with Rhodey? We've got, we've got a little bit of pepper at the end of this. We can uh, chat about or we can save that to tomorrow. What do you guys think? I got nothing on this one. They're pretty benign for me. I got nothing on Rhodey. I'll uh, I'll follow your guys' lead as the host of whether today or tomorrow I could discuss Colson since he's in about a second here and a second at the start of uh, next uh, tomorrow's minute. I think we should just talk about Colson tomorrow. Yeah, we've got a little bit more of that, but uh, but I will say before we uh, before we leave, we will at least talk about the fantastic shield emblem that we get in the parking garage. Mm. I was just going to say that. We can't let that go, right? I think that's the first time we actually have the entire, we we see the entire thing spelled out on the wall of the garage. And I actually, I I didn't even think, yeah, Homeland Intervention Enforcement Logistics Division. We don't see strategic. Yeah, it's, it's that, that part's Um, chopped off a little bit, but yes. Yeah. But but I, I guess I didn't make sense of the fact that she was at his office at the very end of the scene that we get when she meets him at her office. Um, he's like, oh, did you forget about our uh, appointment? And she's like, no, let's mm-hmm. go do it right now. I'm going to give you the the uh, the interview of a lifetime or whatever. Let's go to your office or whatever. She So she oh, says, right. yeah, oh, so good. we know that they're leaving the property, although I feel like there's only so much to say. They didn't need eight or nine hours or however much time to do it 
Right, right. There was a very long deleted scene. But uh, yeah, we do get this fantastic shield insignia on the wall. It's a very patriotic symbol. It's got the seven stripes, five stars, the eagle. It's all in this giant 10-pointed star. This is the first time we have seen the insignia uh, pop up anywhere. And it's it has been popping up throughout the franchise, not to mention the TV show. Uh, we will get a much more stylized version down the road. And actually, in some of the Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. Uh, episodes, there are other versions of this that we see. I think there's a wall where they're... Uh, I'm, I'm not remembering where somebody's standing in front of a wall. And it's like, it's like, you know, agents who have passed sort of wall. And you see all these different iterations of the S.H.I.E.L.D. insignia representing kind of their different departments almost. So I think that Hmm. there's like the 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 main shield symbol but then i think they also create kind of alternate versions depending on which department people are working in i'm not 100 percent sure on that i think it's something that probably pops up more in the tv show than in the films that fits in with the comics where i i remember from my official handbook to the marvel universe comic book where they showed depending on what division you were in shield you had like different color like shirt or something like that oh really Something like that, or the, or like the holster that they wore was there was something where like the, the different colors indicated which different division you were in in Shield. Gotcha. Okay. I I like the uh, this one is it's clearly I think a very early one um, because it, it's kind of bubble drawn. You know, the eagle looks like a cartoon, and in the Agents of Shield they super modernized it, and it's it's the it's a super like postmodern linear like straight lines and sharp yeah, angles right. bird and and so i kind of like this one it's like maybe agent colson kind of doodled this one on a napkin and it stuck <laughs> for a little while <laughs> well and and people online are actually talk about this quite a bit because they because this one still shows up in some places in agents of shield after that other one has started showing up and so people um, of course, have conversations oh. about these sorts of things and how this was likely an older insignia. But, you know, like a lot of things, the government isn't going to just go out and change every symbol that is out there because it costs money. And so it'll be a slow process. And so people, you know, this is what the Internet has decided is that S.H.I.E.L.D. is slowly every time they make something new, it'll get the new one. But there's still going to be some of these old ones around. And painting the wall in the parking That's garage smart. is probably one of the last places they're going to be focusing on. Yeah, right. Not a big concern. That's smart. I love unless, it. Uh, unless some alien race comes down and uh, <laughs> destroys it. Then they'll go, okay, we can finally get that new <laughs> the new symbol up on the wall there. Just wait till season three. <laughs> all right. Um, well, we should, uh, yeah, let's wrap it up. We can finish our conversation about all this tomorrow. Um, uh, Eric, uh, thanks again for joining us today. Happy to be here. I look forward to my uh, final episode tomorrow. Oh, it should be a fun one. Would you like to remind everybody where they can find you? Yes. So uh, I host, I'm the co-host of Escape from New York Minute, and uh, we are at growlermedia.com or anywhere that you find your podcasts. And we chat with you in Facebook, Brains Library, the Escape from New York Minute Hangout, or Twitter, NY Minute Pod. And my previous movie by minute was Flash Gordon Minute. That's also at Growler Media. And that's on Facebook at the Flash Gordon Minute Listener's Vortex. Fantastic. Well, Pete, always a pleasure. Thank you, Andy. I uh, I love digging into old Clark Gregg. <laughs> yes, indeed. We'll get more of that tomorrow, do. so it should be mm-hmm. fun. Well, everybody, that is it for today's show. Thanks so much for tuning in. Make sure you subscribe to the show for free at marvelmovieminute.com. 
Join us over in our Discord chat room and follow us on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram at The Next Reel. And if you like what we do and you want to support us and get some cool stuff, become a patron over at thenextreel.com slash Patreon. Until next time, true believers. <laughs>